Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I am your host, Lisa Zimmerman. Let's get started with today's parenting story. Welcome back to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. Today, my guest is Lexi Zuo. Lexi is the Elgin doula. She is a birth doula, childbirth educator, and lactation counselor. We are recording on July 13th, 2023, and this is episode 11. Hello, Lexi. Hi. Uh, yeah, so my name's Lexi Zuo. I have five children. Uh, my oldest is Hadassah. She's 14. Then I have Ketsia, who's nine. Mordecai, who's eight. Uh, Shadrach, who's four. And Cyrus, who's one. I have to think about it. <laughs> Those are such beautiful names for every one of them. Thank you. Thank did you. you all name all of those children the names or did, because I believe you have an adopted child, correct? Yep. My oldest is adopted. Yes. All of our children are uh, named with Old Testament Bible names. My husband is getting his PhD in Hebrew and Old Testament studies. So all of our children have kind of funky Bible names. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you had to describe your parenting style, what would it be? <clears throat> I always laugh at this. I would definitely say very laid back. Uh, I think when you have five kids, you have to be. Um, our house is always a uh, close but happy state of chaos. So yeah, we have to be pretty chill in our family. Well, I would assume just with the way that your work schedule works, like that just has to be kind of the way it all goes down, huh? Yes. Yes. Working on call is its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was looking at your post the other day when you had your availability up for next year. And then I saw April was like, no babies. And I was like, all right, yeah. she's taking time yeah. off. Yeah, I try about every three to four months to take one month off call. I think it's just good for my kids and longevity to prevent burnout. So yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be. Yeah. Without disclosing your age, which generation are you a part of? Uh, I think I'm a millennial. <laughs> Okay. And yeah. as a millennial, would you describe how you were parented as being similar or different than how you parent your children? Um, maybe a mixture of both. I think my parents were stricter on some things and then probably a little bit too relaxed on other things. So yeah, mixture of both, I think. Okay. For those that don't understand how you help new families, can you describe the work you do? Yeah. So primarily I am a birth doula and as a doula, I specialize in, um, high risk pregnancies and hospital births. So a lot of my clients, I do take occasional birth center births and home births, but, um, uh, basically hiring a birth doula is like having a birth coach with you continuously your entire labor. Uh, most of my clients being that they are higher risk or have some more complications going on, they tend to hire me pretty early in their pregnancy. And so I support them all the way through, um, you know, just processing things like prenatals or lots of extra testing, things like that. My clients, I'm also a Lamaze certified childbirth educator. So all of my clients take my childbirth class before birth. And I am a newly minted lactation counselor. So um, I'm starting to offer those sort of services and just more um, lactation education for my clients as well. So, yeah. 
Okay, great. So does that mean that your referral sources come from maternal fetal medicine doctors, which are doctors that specialize in higher risk pregnancies? Um, no, a lot of my clients, they, they do occasionally, but a lot of my clients, they had traumatic first time births, or they have a hard healthcare history, or, um, a lot of my clients, um, they went through fertility challenges, getting pregnant. So they tend to just in general want more support, but most of my clients seek me out and they find me via Instagram or Google, um, yeah. Okay. What is your favorite thing about the work that you do? Um, I don't know. I could list so many things. I love what I do so, so, so much. Uh, I think it combines all of my interests before working as a doula. I worked as a counselor. I worked in social work. I worked in nonprofit. I worked in the medical field. Um, so it really combines all of the things that I love. I love the medical field, but I also love the companionship and the um, friendship that I'm able to build with my clients. Um, but the majority of my clients are first-time parents or second-time parents that experience really traumatic births. And I just love being able to um, walk with them through their journey and help them to truly feel supported, whether that's becoming parents for the first time or the second time and hopefully having a positive experience. So yeah, just supporting the entire journey and the way that it brings together all of my passions and all of my interests. Sounds very fulfilling. It is. (laughs) What is your biggest challenge with the work you do? Um, I think it would probably be just the life on call schedule. Um, that's probably very, very predictable thing to say as a birth worker, but, um, especially my youngest two kids, my four-year-old and my one-year-old, I think they struggle the most when I'm away. Um, and just making sure that their cups are full emotionally and, uh, physically that their needs are tended to so that when I'm away, you know, they're okay with that. And when I come home that I can pay attention to them as much as I need to. So yeah, just juggling life on call with a lot of little kids. Yeah. I feel like the never ending struggle of motherhood is trying to juggle career and family, but your yes. schedule and the way that your career uh, has different yeah. challenges than other people is just a little bit more special, I'm assuming, with trying yeah. to figure that out. And you have quite a span of ages. I mean, a 14-year-old needs an awful lot too. It's just as much as yes. a one-year-old, just yes. in a different way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the ways that um, I've helped my kids, I think I learned, I got this idea from another doula in Kentucky. That's a friend of mine. She encouraged me to have a birthday party with all of my kids after every birth. So uh, that seems to have really helped them. They know that after mommy's away at a birth, when I come home, we're going to have a birthday party and celebrate that the baby was born safely and that everything went well. We usually get like a special, um, a special meal or some special dessert. And I think that really helps them uh, make the connection of like, Hey, this is why mommy was away. And then now this is the special treat that we get. And I usually try and show them a few pictures of the newborn baby. So it helps them kind of make that time away and like real life connection. I love that idea. 
Do they expect that like as soon as you walk in the door or do they know it'll be like within the next 24 hours? Because I'm assuming sometimes Uh, you're just tired. Yeah. It depends. It depends how long I've been away. Yeah. This week I was at a birth for 32 hours straight. So I came home and was like, I'm sorry. Like I can't talk to anyone. I have to go to sleep. Um, And then we did it the next morning when I woke up. But yeah, it, it depends, but it's sweet. My clients all know that I do that now. And they'll often ask me during labor, like, what's going to be the birthday meal? Like, what are your kids going to get? <laughs> and sometimes I'll honor them with that too. I'll say like, well, what were you craving your whole pregnancy? You know, often Jimmy John's or sub sandwiches of some sort is one of the popular pregnancy cravings. So that's what we'll get, you know, to celebrate them, the uh, new mom and the new baby. But yeah, it, it just depends. But it's it's been a really sweet practice. And I think it really helps them to be I find that really sweet excited. that your clients are reaching out in labor and asking about it. I mean, obviously, it's like, <laughs> it's a rite of passage for them because they've gotten to the party. Yeah. So I get that point yeah. on like an ele- intellectual yeah. level, but also emotionally to even be clued into that at all. It's pretty yeah. spectacular. Yeah, it's sweet. It's really sweet. <laughs> Did you always want to be a parent? Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, I'm the oldest of seven kids. So large families are normal and fun to me. Um, probably the bigger, more specific drive for me though, was I always knew I wanted to adopt. That was huge for me. Um, my mom was adopted as a newborn and, um, one of my grandparents was heavily involved in foster care growing up. So I always knew that, uh, even if I didn't have biological children, I for sure wanted to adopt and adopt a lot of kids is what I was originally planning. So, yeah, that's really nice. Um, at what age of your child, do you think that you really start parenting? Mm, That's an interesting question. I mean, from birth, (laughs) Like, what do you mean by parenting? Like Um, disciplining, training, like what? Yeah. Like people have different uh, views on like when the true parenting begins, like, and and it's all over the board. So there, you know, obviously there's no wrong answer because you're the parent, but I just think it's an interesting question. I have no idea, actually. I I would say from day one, or maybe even during pregnancy, the way that you care for your body, the way that you, um, the types of care that you get, the types of birth that you planned, um, all of those things are a part of parenting and making those decisions. I don't think it's like a magical age that, oh, your kid turns this and the parenting begins. I don't know. (laughs) That's a really interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. It's one that takes a little bit of thought too. And everybody, you know, yeah. this is why um, I just like to ask it. Cause I think it's something that I- I'm not even sure what I think the answer is to tell you the truth. And, sure. but it's, it is interesting. Cause like, a lot of times I'll make a joke with my clients when they have a really young baby, like you're just trying to keep the baby alive uh-huh. right now. Like, let's just keep everybody alive. Oh, and we're good. I see. As opposed see to like the emotional piece, which the exhaustion and, you know, sure. the newborn phase is emotional, but sure. more in a physical sense. So okay. I guess that's, that's yeah. just why I always asked. That makes sense. I could see that, that standpoint too. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> How do you have to parent your children differently? I mean, not just based on like age, but you know, like personality wise or boundaries, like are they, obviously they're very different people. Oh yes. Uh, this is very true. And uh, yeah, my oldest was so 
obedient and compliant. I remember because I was a single mom to her for um, almost two years before I met my husband, my oldest was adopted. And I remember thinking like, you know, terrible twos, like that's just a bunch of nonsense. Like these are just all really bad parents. Like my oldest, I don't think she said no to me. So she was like four years old. She was just like so good so obedient, so compliant, so easy, like just the happiest can be all the time. And then my next was born and it was like, I don't know, like a, a beautiful human tornado. I always say uh, she was born, my my first biological daughter was born premature in Uganda. We were living in East Africa at the time via emergency C-section at 33 weeks. So and she did really great. Like she had epic APGAR scores and did really great. But I always joke like, you know, in order to survive her birth circumstances, she needed to be a little spicy. And that has continued the rest of her life. You know, she's given me a run for my money. And the rest of my kids all have very different personalities as well. I have a couple that are very, very, very sensitive. And I have to be very careful, you know, about what I say or do. Others that are like, they don't care. They... um they're just really intense, really fiery. So I definitely think that, you know, some of the step-by-step things you see on like social media or books where they're like, do this and you'll get a perfect outcome or you'll get this um, thing. I think as a parent of five children, I could say, no, there's no formula to get your baby to sleep through the night perfectly. There's no formula to get a non-picky eater, you know, all of those things. Every, every child and every baby comes out with their own unique personality. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to get to enjoy those different personalities. I totally agree. There is no one size fits all at all. No. I mean, I always joke around that the baby's the wild card. Like we can control yeah. for everything, yeah. but we don't know the Absolutely. baby. And it's, you know, Absolutely. not only like the personality of the baby, you know, if they're going to be super sleepy at the beginning or they're going to be ferociously mm-hmm. hungry, but then also just mm-hmm. on a physical level, like is, mm-hmm. is the oral structure is going to be, you know, conducive to really good breastfeeding and all the things mm-hmm. you just really don't know. Yeah. And you just become the parent that that child needs. Yeah. And I say that to my clients always with, I don't want to be a downer, but I remind them like with their birth plans and things like that. Okay. Like this is nice. Like these are your preferences. This is wonderful that you've educated yourself, but keep in mind, like your baby in utero has not signed a contract. Like They have not agreed to any of this necessarily. So, you know, it's wonderful to have options and preferences, but we also, you know, every baby and every birth needs different things too. So we have to keep an open mind always for, for what the baby says too. Right. Cause they definitely have a say. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Some, some babies are stubborn even coming out. So, yeah. Hence the one you had earlier this week, correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Today, we're beginning a new segment of the podcast called I Forgot to Tell You. I've asked past guests to follow up with any words of advice, pearls of wisdom, or funny stories that they would like to share with our listener. The first comes from Meg Smith, owner of Cloud9 Doula Services, and she was featured in episode five. This is what Meg forgot to tell you. She likes to tell new moms to have a postpartum basket in a downstairs bathroom and an upstairs bathroom if they have multiple floors. It can include a Perry bottle, people like the Freedom Mom bottle, pads, tuck pads, sometimes people like disposable undies like Depends, a sits bath, and perinatal spray. Those are the, I forgot to tell you, words of wisdom from Meg, and I would add through a little bit of chocolate in there and maybe a couple of tea bags. 
Okay, we're going to go to the lightning round of standing questions. What is your most embarrassing parenting moment? Uh, I probably have a many, but the one that stands out most in my mind was um, my nine-year-old daughter, Ketsia. She, I think I took her for her, um, for her, uh, it was either her two or three-year-old physical and her pediatrician was, you know, checking different developmental uh, progress. And he said, can you draw me a picture of your mommy? And she drew a head with some eyes and she drew a stick figure body. And then she said, and here are my mom's boobs and her nipples. (laughs) I was like, what? Uh, and the pediatrician was like, great. Like you could definitely tell, like she has some good fine motor skills and like, you know, she's clearly observant about her surroundings. I was like, all right, thank you. Thank you for that. But she was totally unfazed. She thought she was a total genius for sharing that. And you're like, okay, I've been reduced to a really big head, big eyes and big boobs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. If you had friendships when your children were babies, how important are those to you now? And do you still keep in touch? Um, I do. I, so my husband is a pastor and we've been at our church for almost 10 years. So my children have grown up in the same church. I've had the same friends since they were all born and, and Um, I am still really, really close to them. That's a huge support system for both me and my children. So yeah, we are, we are still very close. What do you see as the biggest trend in parenting right now? Mm, There's so many, (laughs) I think, uh, I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but uh, the, the sad beige mom things the if you've seen that on like Instagram or social media, like making fun of all the. I think it's Gen Z parents that dress their kids in only gender neutral clothes and all the toys have to be like tan or brown. Oh, I don't think I've seen those. uh, Oh yeah. That's like, that's like the current trend now. And I don't think it's bad or good or, you know, anything like that. But I think it's funny when I see like Instagram people making fun of it, they, I think they call it the sad beige mom thing where everything in your house has to be white or beige. And that's like the chic thing to do right now. So that just cracks me up. I think it's funny, but that um, is funny. Is there yeah, a hashtag mo- like sad, hashtag oh, yeah. sad, sad beige mom? mom. Sad beige mom. <laughs> I'm going to look that uh, one up. Yeah. And, and I've totally bought into some of it. Like some of my, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like the neutral toys are the best. Like I totally get it. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just funny. One of my clients told me about that sad beige mom. And I thought it was really funny. Now I'm going to have to look that up. Cause I haven't even, and I maybe I've seen it and I haven't really recognized it or I just yeah, haven't seen it yeah. at all. What has your children taught you the most about being a parent? Um, I think for sure, just being humble and being flexible. Um, I came into parenthood when I first had my kids thinking, um, kind of like going with that sad beige mom thing in a more serious way of like, oh, I'm going to choose my identity as a parent. I, at the time was like, I'm going to be super crunchy. I'm never going to put my baby down. I'm going to breastfeed all of my kids for like three years. I'm going to have all these wonderful unmedicated water bursts. Like I had all these plans in my head and then, you know, my first was adopted and my second 
my water broke at 33 weeks in a third world country. Like my plans flew out the window. Um, and then I still tried to stick to that at the beginning for quite a while, but you know, nursing a preemie is no small task. Uh, I didn't no, have a lot of support living in East Africa. I remember, um, I went to my midwife to get like some breastfeeding help. And I was like, you know, it's hurting. Like, is there things special I should do since she's a preemie and she only weighs four pounds? And they're like, nope, she's fine. Like, and breastfeeding hurts, like just deal with it. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I like there was, yeah, there was a lot of not great care there, but I've had to learn over time of, you know, I need to bend and flex and be humble for whatever my children need. It's not so much about me deciding or picking what type of quote unquote parent identity I want to have. It's about how can I love and serve them and parent them the best that I can for what they need. It's not as much about me as I think I thought it was starting out. Yeah. That's kind of the uh, conundrum of it all is that like, we, yeah. we think we're going to have control and then, you know, yes, we don't, yeah. but we just yeah. can't let them know yeah. that. Yeah. And- Back to the breastfeeding piece in Africa, because of course I'm super interested in this, but like, I would just think in like a place where everybody's been watching everybody do it forever, it would be so different. And they're just like, nope, it's just going to hurt. And that's all there is to it. And well, this is, you'll laugh at this. This was another super embarrassing parenting moment. Uh, The midwife told me the reason why it hurts is because you didn't have your husband suck on your nipples enough while you're pregnant (laughs) to toughen them up. And I was like, shocked. I was so young. I was in my early twenties. I was so embarrassed. I was just like, okay, like, I guess that's it now. Like no more help for me. Like it was, it was really awkward, but, um, now I think, you know, it's been, uh, nine years, nine and a half years since I had my first baby. So I think, you know, things like telehealth and tele like telemedicine. Now I would have been able to seek out so much more support, but that was just, you know, um, the way I started my parenting out like 10 years ago, but well, now it makes yeah. and you weren't really ready. I mean, not that you can ever really be ready, but at least you can yeah. be a little more ready than you are at 33 weeks. Yeah. And your body yeah. too. Like your body's yeah. not ready. Yeah. 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 It worked out fine. She's still a very smart, spicy, wonderful girl and very healthy now. I love so. I love the term <laughs> spicy. She's yeah. spicy. She a little is. bit of jalapeno. Okay. So for our final question, I'm sorry. I'll start adding the little bit of jalapeno, (laughs) a little bit of jalapeno. That's a good one. Um, For our final question, what is your biggest parenting advice to share with new parents? Oh yeah. I share this all the time. So uh, the thing I always say to my clients and, and friends that are not my clients is you really have to give yourself so, so much grace. Um, It, you know, having a new baby or becoming a new parent, if it's, if it's from adoption or foster care too, um, it's really just like any other big change in life. Like say you got hired at a brand new job and you have no idea what the heck you're doing. You're, you have major imposter syndrome and you're convinced everyone else like knows what they're doing and you're just the only one, uh, becoming a parent is so much like that. Um, And you really just have to give yourself grace. You have to remember like, hey, I'm learning every day. My baby or my child is learning with me every day. And, you know, just give yourself a lot of grace as you grow and change together. Um, And I typically tell my clients, uh, one of my friends, when I first started having babies, 
uh, she had nine kids and she always would tell me, give yourself a good solid, like six months to not kind of feel like you're drowning, <laughs> just getting in and out of the car, going places, all of that. Every time you add a new baby can be really challenging and really overwhelming. Um, and that's proven true in my own life, even with five kids, everyone is challenging. You have to adjust and change. You have to grow in different ways. Um, but usually for me around like the five and a half, six month mark is when it's like, okay, like we're, we're starting to figure out our new normal here. And, um, I don't want to scare people with that like rough timeline or estimate, but I think it's helpful to have a realistic view as you're learning to give yourself grace. Cause a lot of parents think like, Oh, I pop out the baby and then I just know everything and I know exactly what to do, but that's not true. And that's not true for anyone else either. It really isn't. And you may never know. I mean, you may always no. feel like you're just <laughs> flying by the seat yeah. of your hands. Yes. And there's yes. really nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are out of time. Thank you for joining us for episode 11 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. And thank you to our guest, Lexi Zuo, the Elgin doula. Thank you, Lexi. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Lisa.